Section 32 of The Purple Cloud. This is a LibreVox recording. All LibreVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibreVox.org. Recorded by Gabby Cowan. The Purple Cloud by Matthew Phipps Shield. Section 32. On the morning of the 8th of April, when I had been separated thirteen weeks from her, I boarded several ships in the inner port, a lunacy in my heart, and selected what looked like a very swift boat, one of the smaller Atlantic air steamers called the Stettin, which seemed to require the least labor in oiling and in order to fit her for the sea for the boat in which i had come to england was a mere top though sound and i pined for the wings of a dove that i might fly away to her and be at rest i toiled with fluttering hands that day and i believed that i was of the colour of ashes to my very lips by half past two o'clock i was finished and by three was coasting down southampton water by netley hospital and the humble mouth having said not one word about anything at the telephone or even to my own guilty heart not a word but in the silent depths of my being i felt this fact that this must be a terrified not boat and that if driven hard hard in spite of the heavy garment of seaweed which she trailed she could do thirty also that Haver was a hundred and twenty miles away and at seven p m i should be on its way and when i was away and out on the bright and breezy sea i called to her crying out i am coming and i knew that she heard me and that her heart leapt to meet me for mine leapt too and felt her answering the sun went down it set I was tired of the day's work, and of standing at the high-set wheel, and I could not see the coast of France, and at a thought smote me. And after another ten minutes I turned the ship's head back, my face screwed with pain, God knows, like a man whose thumbs are ground between the screws, and his body drowned out and out on the rack to tenuous length and his flesh massacred with pincers and i fell upon the floor on the bridge contorted with anguish for i could not go to her but after a time that paroxysm passed and i rose up sullen and resentful and resumed my place at the wheel staring back for england for a fixed resolve was in my breast and i said oh no no more if i could bear i would i would but if it is impossible how can i to-morrow night as the sun sets without fail so help me god i will kill myself so it is finished my good god on the early morning of the next day the ninth i having come back to portsmouth about eleven the previous night when I bid her good morning through the telephone, she said, Good morning, and not another word 
I said. I got my hookah bowl broken last night, and I shall be trying to mend it today. No answer. Are you there? said I. Yes, says she. Then why don't you answer? said I. Where were you all yesterday? said she. I went for a little cruise in the basin, said I. Silence for three minutes. Then she says, What is the matter? Matter? said I. Nothing. Tell me, she says, with such an intensity and rage as to make me shudder. There is nothing to tell, Lida. Oh, but how can you be so cruel to me? she cries, and, ah, there was anguish in that voice. There is something to tell, there is. Don't I know it very well by your voice? Ah, the thought took me then. How, on the morrow, she could ring and have no answer, and she could ring again and have no answer, and she could ring all day and ring and ring, and forever she would ring with white flowing hair and the staring eyeballs of frenzy, battering reproaches at the doors of God, and the universe would cry back to her howls and ravings only one eternal answer of silence of silence and as i thought of that for very pity for very pity my god i could not help sobbing aloud may god pity you woman i do not know if she heard it she must i think have heard but no reply came and there i shivering like the sheeted dead stood waiting for her next word waiting long dreading hoping for her voice thinking that if she spoke and soft but once i should drop dead dead where i stood or bite my tongue through or shriek the high laugh of distraction but when at last after quite thirty or forty minutes she spoke her voice was perfectly firm and calm she said are you there yes said i yes lida what was the color says she of the poison cloud which destroyed the world purple lida said i and it had a smell like almonds or peach blossoms did it not says she yes said i yes then says she there is another eruption every now and again i seem to send the strange whiffs like that and there is a purple vapor in the east which glows and glows just see if you can see it i flew across the room to an east window threw up the grimy sash and looked but the view was barred with the plain brick back of a tall warehouse i rushed back gasped to her to weigh rushed down the two stairs and out upon the heart for a minute i ran dodging wildly about seeking a purview to the east and finally ran up the dockyard behind the storehouses to the semaphore and reached the top panting for life i looked abroad the morning sky but for a bank of cloud to the northwest was cloudless the sun blazing in a region of clear azure pallor and back again i flew i cannot see it i cried 
then it has not travelled far enough to the northwest yet she said with decision my wife i cried you are my wife now am i says she at last are you glad but shall i not soon die no you can escape my home my heart if only for an hour or two then death just think together on the same couch for ever heart to heart how sweet yes how sweet but how escape it travelled slowly before get quick will you into one of the smaller boats by the quay there is one just under the crane that is an air-boat you have seen me turn on the air haven't you that handle on the right as you descend the steps under the dial thing get first a bucket of oil from the shop next to the clock tower in the quay street and throw it over everything that you see rusted only spend no time for me my heaven you can steer by the tiller and compass well the wheel is quite the same only just the opposite first on moor then to the handle then to the wheel the course is directly north-east by north i will meet you on the sea go now i was wild with bliss i thought that i should take her between my arms and have the little freckles against my face and taste her short firm fleshed upper lip and moan upon her and whimper upon her and mutter upon her and say my wife and even when i knew that she was gone from the telephone i still stood there hoarsely calling after her my wife my wife i flew down to where the steamer lay moored that had borne me the previous day her joint speed with the speed of lida's boat would be forty knots in three hours we must meet i had not the least fear of her dying before i saw her for apart from the deliberate movement of the vapour that first time i foretasted and trusted my love that she would surely come and not fail as dying saints foretasted and trusted eternal life i was no sooner on board of the stettin than her engines were straining under what was equivalent to forced drought on the previous day it would have little surprised me at any moment while i drove her to be carried to the clouds in an explosion from her deep rusted steel tanks but this day such a fear never crossed my mind for i knew very well that i was immortal till i saw her the sea was not only perfectly smooth but placid as on the previous day only it seemed far placider and the sun brighter and there was a levity in the breezes that frilled the sea in fugitive dark patches like frissons of tickling and i thought that the morning was a true marriage morning and remembered that it was a sabbath and sweet odours our wedding would not lack of peach and almond though looking eastward i could see no faintest sign of any purple cloud but only rags of chiffon under the sun and it could be an eternal wedding for one day in our sight would be as a thousand years and our thousand years of bliss would be but one day and in the evening of all that eternity death would come and sweetly lay its finger upon our languid lips and we should die of weary bliss 
and all manner of dancing and singings fandango and light gallier corantos and the solemn gabot were a tune in my heart that happy day and running by the chart house to the wheel i saw under the table a great roll of old flags and presently they were flying in a long curve of gala from the main and the sea rumpled in a long tract of tumbling milk behind me and i hasted homeward to meet my heart no purple cloud could i see as on and on for two hours i tore southward but at hot noon on the weather beam i spied through the glass across the water something else which moved and it was you who came to me o lida my spirit's breath i bore down upon her waving and soon i saw her stand like an ancient mariner but in white muslins that fluttered at her wheel on the bridge it was one of those little old harbour antwerp craft very high in the bows and she waved a little white thing and we came nearer till i could spy her face her smile and i shouted her to stop and in a minute stopped myself and by happy steering came with a slowing headway to a slight crash by her side and ran down the trellised steps to her and led her up and on the deck without saying a word i fell to my knees before her and i bowed my brow to the floor with obeisance and i worshipped her there as heaven and we were wedded for she too bowed the knee with me under the jovial blue sky and under her eyes were the little moist semicircles of dreamy pensive fatigue so dear and wifish and god was there and saw her kneel for he loves the girl and i got the two ships apart and they rested there some yards divided all the day and we were in the main deck cabin where i had locked a door so that no one might come in to be with my love and me i said to her we will fly west to the one of the somershire coal mines or to one of the cornwell tinned mines and we will barricade ourselves against the cloud and provision ourselves for six months for it is perfectly feasible and we have plenty of time and no crowds to break down our barricades and there in the deep earth we will live sweetly together till the danger is overpassed and she smiled and drew her hand across my face and said no no don't you trust in my god do you think he would really let me die for she has appropriated the almighty god to herself naming him my god the impudence though she generally knows what she is saying too and she would not fly the cloud and i am now writing three weeks later at a little place called chateau de rose and no poison cloud and no sign of any poison cloud has come and this i do not understand it may be that she divined that i was about to destroy myself she may be quite capable but no i do not understand and shall never ask her but this i understand that it is the white who is master here that though he wins but by a hair 
yet he wins he wins and since he wins dance dance my heart i look for a race that shall resemble its mother nimble witted light-minded pious like her all human ambidextrous bicephalous two-eyed like her and if like her they talk the english language with all the r's turned into l's i shall not care they will be vegetable eaters i suppose when all the meat now extant is eaten up but it is not certain that meat is good for men and it is really good then they will invent a meat for they will be her sons and she to the furthest cycle in which the female human mind is permitted to orbit is i swear all wise there was a preaching man a scotchman he was named mackintosh or something like that who said that the last end of man shall be well and very well and she says the same and the agreement of these two makes a truth and to that i now say amen amen for i adam jephson second parent of the world hereby lay down ordain and decree for all time clearly perceiving it now that the one motto and watchword essentially proper to each human individual and to the whole race of man as distinct from other races in heaven or in earth was always and remains even this though he slay me yet will i trust in him end of section thirty two and end of the purple cloud by matthew phipps shield